Welcome to Teen Wealth Radio, a show just for teens, their parents, and educators to come together and discuss the issues that are affecting our youth today. Your host is Brandy England. Brandy is joined each week by amazing guests, as well as a regular panel of co-hosts who are here to give you ideas and encouragement every step of the way. We also have plenty of other surprises on today's show. So let's get started. Here's your host, Brandy England. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Team Wealth Radio. I'm super excited today because I have the fabulous Christina Marshall on with me. Uh, she's got an incredible life story, has accomplished many, let's say, unique and fabulous things in her lifetime. She's a practitioner in eating disorders and a nutritionalist, and she founded the He-Man Emotional Wellness Center. Uh, and she's just a really cool lady. So, Christina, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Oh, thank you for having me, Brandy. Yeah, we're so lucky to have you. I, I know I, part of our program, we've worked with a lot of young people that are struggling with uh, emotional eating, anorexia, and it's it's just, it's so nice to have someone on that has such an incredible life story like you that is consistently giving back uh, to so many people. She does way too many hours of volunteer work, everyone, <laughs> trying to help people because she really believes uh, in her process. So it's really nice to have her on the show. So Christina, can you just tell everyone a little bit about you? Okay. Well, it's going to be a long story. So you have to <laughs> give me a heads up at this stop. Well, yes, as you can tell from my, you know, accent, my strange accent. So I'm, I'm kind of like, I was born in Hungary and that's where I lived for like half of my life. And that's where I, I kind of started my, my own uh, journey with an eating disorder, uh, which started off as, um, I just, I just really believed that I don't deserve to eat. Uh, and I think that's uh, what most of us feel who get caught up, especially those of us who struggle with uh, anorexia. And I kind of just like had this voice in my head, which I wouldn't have really admitted for a very, very long time. Uh, and no doctors would ask me about it. Um, that I would just have this voice, this constant negative self-talk telling me that I am just not good enough and I'm not worth it, despite of like having my own little TV show when I was nine years old and I was at the top of my class and I excelled in everything that I started, but I guess I somehow argued myself out of this whole accomplishment saying like, oh, it probably wasn't me, it was just a by chance and I'm, I'm not at all that good. And I had this constant fear and battle inside me. And then um, adding to all that, and it's not about blaming my parents or blaming anyone, but as a fact that, you know, your environment really is affecting you. And um, I grew up in a family where you had to do your maximum and you had to be 100% and uh, good and I thought it was my duty to save my my parents marriage and be involved in their finance and so on and when they when they lost their own home which was built by my grandpa I thought it was my fault and that was the time when I wanted to punish myself for that because I failed and that's how I went down this hole and ended up living in hospitals and moving uh, moving in my country from 
institutions to institutions and it was quite interesting when I went to different schools so I was studying uh, it was like a pre-medical and nursing school and that's where I studied I wanted to be a doctor and when I moved uh, from one school to another I stood in front of my class and I said hello my name is Christina and I live in a psychiatric unit and that's my home and um, it was kind of Interesting because I put myself out there to be labeled and that label really, really affected me even during my recovery because all I could hear, once you have an eating disorder or once you're anorexic, you will always be anorexic and you will always have an eating disorder. Hmm. And um, I moved away from that and and then I, I, I met... A very lovely lady who is my very far relative's uh, wife who visited me once in a hospital because she found out that I was living in a hospital and my parents wouldn't tell her about it or the whole family and uh, she said to me that she wants to take me out and and wants me to live with her because she can help me well not she she believed in God so she said that God can help me and as you can imagine, the doctor was really bursting out and crying and laughing at her, saying, like, there is no way that anybody can help Christina because she is dying. And we are just waiting for her to have, an, have a heart attack. Um, at that point, I lost my right to, to choose for myself, although I was over 18. And, and, and in Europe, when you're 18, you are an adult. Um, so I asked my, my mom to kind of fight and for me and, and, and let me go and stay with these relatives, uh, which she did. And uh, because I thought if I'm dying, I want to be outside of these buildings and bars because I was living in a psychiatric unit. So there were bars on a window. You couldn't open the window. You were watched all the time what you were doing, even going to the washroom. You would have to have the door open and being looked at whilst peeing, and so on. So it was not really fun. You lose all your dignity. But uh, anyway, so I moved out, and I think my auntie's love, just by hugging me and sitting me on her lap and not showing any disgust, which which was the case most of the time when somebody would touch me and tell me, like, do you think this is how you should be looking like? at the age of like 20. Um, that, that was just really amazing, like her unconditional love. And I don't know, I felt maybe a little selfish when I, I, I just had this desire for this. I just wanted this. I, I just thought like there is this person who doesn't know much about me and doesn't care and, and just shows me so much love. And... Um, I think that was like kind of like a turning point in my desire to not to destroy myself. So I made a promise to myself if I ever recover, I want to be there for others because there's a lot of shame, a lot of hiding, a lot of loneliness that is attached to having an eating disorder. And uh, I just want to be there for these individuals so they wouldn't have to go through all all this. Because I went from like, because you know, some people might say, oh, well, you just had 
a type of eating disorder. But during my recovery, I went from like I went through all the spectrum, like from the binge eating and not knowing like how to stop and not understanding myself, how not to finish the fridge every single night and and all that. It was really really tough, and coping with that alone was was hard was hard there was a lot of times that I just wanted to give up mm-hmm. yeah I yeah I was just thinking about if I mean I've got 47 questions now and I know your story because we've had dinner together and talked about it before but um I just like I can't imagine the psychological effects of a doctor saying no she's dying we're giving up on you like I can't imagine that the like you you obviously know you're struggling and you're going through this hard time and you're you're watching your body go through this horrible thing and not understanding your own brain and then to have the one person that's supposed to be able to try and help fix that I can't imagine the psychological effects that that must have on especially a young woman Mm -hmm. I mean how did you was what was there a spark of light in you that just kept going no no something will be okay or like what kept you going through that so so that was the interesting thing that I didn't even understand myself because when I heard that like my first thought was like why am I even sitting here if you don't have any hope in my my recovery or in your expertise that you can help me like like what are we doing here yeah Yeah, (laughs) basically Yes, and and uh, but somehow I don't know that there was some as that that stubborn part of me that was holding on to this whole idea that I don't deserve to eat and listen to this negative voice. There was also a really stubborn little tiny little voice telling me that there is some there is more than this. Mm. It's just, just, just more. And I think meeting that lady that I'm going to call aunt, I think that that just, just ha- somehow started that spark. You know, just ha- have that little sparkle to go into flame. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the best way to describe it. But yeah. Sorry. So just, just from your own personal experience, then I mean, so many people because of social media and everything these days, we, we want everyone to like us and everyone to believe in us and everyone to give us this love and affection and all these things. And when we don't have that from everywhere, people get really down on themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and I always believe that it just takes one person to be a catalyst in someone's life to, to bring that hope back and, and to pull that back. And that's why people like you who mentor people uh, on a very very kind sliding scale because you really want to give back and, and programs like my own team. Well, I just, I always feel like I could, if I could just be that one person for that one child or that one teenager or that one parent, I mean, it makes a huge world of difference. So your auntie, <laughs> as you call her, um, how she, is she, 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 was she a great mentor for life? Would you consider it that way? Or, or like, what do you see her as? Do you see her as a mentor or just a, or a family or where do you no, see her? Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like I, I just like if I would describe her as she's just a walking love mm-hmm. yes so, and and be, and because of that like she's like a mentor and a family to me like like she's all that to me because you know I, I now I'm here in Canada and like even if I, I know we don't keep in touch that that much mm-hmm. when we do there is never this like oh why don't you write to me or like there is nothing like it's just like you know there's just constant acceptance and so on and I don't feel even that I have to work so hard for her to like me yeah love me and and I think I went through so much 
during my recovery and 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 a lot of things you know be being labeled being judged i got to train myself to the point that it does not matter to me what you think of me it's just and i have the tools and yes i have days when i'm like under the weather and if somebody looks at me like i could take it i can I catch myself that I'm starting to think like, oh, what's wrong with me? But I have my tools to use that. And that's what I'm, I'm, I'm so wanting to give the world because judgment will never stop. We judge. I judge. You judge. We all do that. Yes. We need that. We, we, we actually need this. We will have our different opinions all the time. So it's mm-hmm. not about like fighting against, you know, why are you judging me? It's more like, how am I going to handle this? Mm. I think that's really the, the key here. <laughs> I really like that. I like that you asked yourself, how am I going to handle this instead of looking for an answer from somewhere outside of yourself? Because I think that's what a lot of us do. We're always looking for somebody to give us the answer instead mm-hmm. of just saying, okay, Brandy, for example, like I'm like, okay, Brandy, let's walk yourself through this instead of searching for love and affection and answers from everywhere around you. It's looking inside yourself. So I love that you said that. Um, we do have to go to commercial break, but I was just wondering, do you have any um, social media accounts or anything like that that you'd like people to follow you on? Because we can post those in the... Um, in the bio uh, of this episode as well, if you like. So I have my website and hopefully it will be up and running again properly. I just heard there's something going on with it. Uh, and I, you can also find me on Facebook and I have like two, two or three uh, like uh, fan pages mm. that connect to other, you know, to a community where others are struggling with either emotional eating. So there are three. three okay. One, so you can, I can share that with you, and then you can find it. Yeah, for anyone who wants to um, follow Christina uh, after the show, I'll definitely have those in her in the bio for the show. Uh, we're gonna head off to commercial break, but if anyone, uh, yeah, needs anything, you know, you know where to find us uh, at globalteamwealth.org, or you can always call one eight five five eight six six teen. That's eight three three six, and somebody will be there for you. Um, we'll be right back in a couple of minutes with Christina Marshall. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hey you, yeah you, are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. 
Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Um, I'm so excited today. If you're just joining us, Christina Marshall is our guest, and she's a practitioner in eating disorders, a nutritionist, and just a really cool all-around lady and a mom. Uh, I'm really blessed to know her, and she's sharing a little bit about her life story right now. We got up to the point where she was, I don't know if you want to say rescued or just saved or whatever. I don't know what word you would use or... (laughs) found by your auntie this unconditional love person that came into your life um so so what happened after living with her for a few how long were you living with her i lived with her about a year and a few months yeah kind of like you said she was like a far removed family relative like she wasn't super close so how did she know that you were going through this and and why do you think she was the one that wanted to reach out to help you yeah, I don't. So she is, I think she is my second cousin's wife. So basically, my granny had nine brothers and sisters. Wow. And so her husband is my granny's sister's son. Okay. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, and so when my great grandma died, the, the nine children, because she was really loved. Um, by her children and so uh, the children decided that they're going to get together on a day of her death and going to have like a reunion and then you know like share a meal together and meet each other and you know a lot of them like left the country in the in 50s like left Hungary so there are some in, in, in the US and you know all over the world and they would make an effort to meet and every time it would be one one, 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 one of the you know, nine. And um, I think that year when, and they would bring their their children and their grandchildren and so on and so forth. So I grew up being at these gatherings uh, and, and traveling around. And and I think the year when she, she came to see me and that was in 1999, she, she you know, when she went to this, this, this reunion, um, they didn't see me there. So they were asking, like, where is Christina? And mm-hmm. they were like, everybody's like, oh, no, she just didn't want to come. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, but, but you know, like, like we haven't seen her the year before. And yeah. the year before. And this yeah. is like, it was my granny's place. So that was really weird that I wasn't there. Yeah. It was held in my granny's place. And then so finally they told her, oh, well, she's been struggling with something. She doesn't want to eat. Uh, and she's in uh, Budapest, in the cap- capital of uh, Hungary, in one of these institutions. And interestingly, they live there. Mm. But 
like you know it, it's like like an hour journey for her was for her to come and see me yeah and as soon as she went they got home she hopped on a bus and came to see me in a hospital and I couldn't even recognize her because I haven't been to these gatherings for so long mm. um and 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 she just literally I was standing by the the window which you could open like a few inches and I was just taking a sniff uh, from the spring air and I literally felt this is my last spring and I and I wanted it to be my last spring. I didn't just feel it I wanted it yeah. and then this lady just said I'm looking for Christina and I turned around and she walked to me and I was just standing there like a log and then she hugged me mm. and and I, I, I was so amazed because she hugged me with this warm smile on her face she didn't show any sign of oh you are so horrible to touch or anything like it it was like it was just really unbelievable and she would come and visit me every single day after that day and she would talk to me about everything but what am I eating why am I not eating why are you here yeah needed that so much because when you are in when you have an eating disorder when you live in it you think about it 24 7 yes really what you need is to be pulled out of that world but I was so good at pulling everybody even my therapist into that world yeah and 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 that really what helped me so in my therapy sessions we hardly or ever talk about like why what to eat not to eat like we, we don't we don't do that interesting that's interesting i I'm, i like that because i I'm, i mean you're 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 actually a doctor <laughs> like you've gone to schooling for this where i have not and yet i think it's kind of this similar approach that i always try when i'm i'm with youth that are struggling i'm never like so why do you feel depressed so what is going on with your anxiety like we just talk about what the future will be and what their goals and dreams are and help them create those goals and dreams for the future because that pushes the importance of whatever they're struggling with mm. to the side and everything that they're excited about becomes more important. So I love that you said that. So I know that I'm on the right track or we're on the right track because <laughs> you've been doing this a lot longer than me and you've got <laughs> actual degrees up on the wall to prove it. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, so I mean, that's just, I love it. D- did she have a, a life story that was, like difficult or something that she'd overcome and that's why she had this compassion and empathy for you or do you know do you know why she was different than everyone else well I believe that the reason why because her relationship with with God so she was not religious but she was she is a person and she is not religious but she would tell me that she had a relationship with Jesus that's what she would say like if you would ask her which church do you go she said I just go to X but actually I just have this relationship with Jesus and that's all and I I quite honestly like I it didn't make much sense to me because my idea of God was like what my granny told me and that was if I hurt myself it was probably a punishment from God so that was my idea <laughs> so when she was saying this I was like okay whatever but mm-hmm. but I could feel it you know I could feel the difference yeah and I, I really just thought it must be that because there was, there was no explanation. She always had, she has an amazing mom who is still alive. So she is my, my third granny. Mm-hmm. And I, I call her granny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and she's such an amazing woman. And they all had like kind of like a hard but simple life filled with love. Yeah. And 
helping each other and in a community. And that's how she grew up. And that's what she was just doing for me. Mm-hmm. So I know most of your life story by now after a couple conversations with you. Um, and it would probably take four or five radio shows in order for us to get the whole thing out. But let's fast forward to today. You are living in Vancouver, you're married, you have kids, you're working with uh, people that are struggling with eating disorders. Um, can you just give us a very quick, I don't know, a overview of what got you from Auntie's house to where <laughs> now and helping people? And I know that's probably impossible because I know your story, but I know there's some details that we don't want to share with the whole world, but there, could you just kind of get us from where that was to now? Because <laughs> it's so amazing. <laughs> But there is a hope to have, you know, to, to have my whole story be available because I'm writing a book about this. So, so hopefully one day. <laughs> but, but what got me here really is that was a lot of things happening with me in England. Uh, because I, I left my auntie's house. I went to England because I have family there. Her, half of her family is there. And I was serving there in a Christian community. A lot of things happened to me from assault to whatever else you can imagine. And um, and then I got married. Uh, and then I went through a couple of miscarriages, which was kind of, which was, I, I think it, it, it's a very hard, difficult experience. But I think being told that I can never have children and then finally finding myself pregnant and then losing my first baby was a really, 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 really difficult. Um, and I think that also put my recovery into test. Mm. Like, where, where am I at here? Am I going to punish myself for it? And quite honestly, I, I kind of like, I, I realized like I'm nowhere near recover recover at the recovered state mm-hmm. stage um and I had my first son and I had another miscarriage and I had my second son and I was li- living in a in a marriage that that was more like a, a codependent and kind of like I needed to be sick and when I recognized that 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 our relationship was based on me being sick that I could have never recovered if I if I stay in this um, very unhealthy relationships so uh, it's, a, it's a very long story painful but I got divorced and then um, I met a, an amazing person who is my second husband and he's Korean and um, and he is somebody who will not who will not who would not entertain my eating disorder mm. And I needed that as much as I hated it. Mm-hmm. I really needed that. Um, and I and and then it, but before I met him, I had a dream in 2005, a literal physical dream that I needed to come to Canada to do this work. Mm. Uh, and my first husband would not want to hear about it. And I thought, I just feel this is the right thing to do. And I got invited in 2010 to come and visit a couple of places and talk a few places. And in 2015, we finally kind of moved here with three children. So I have five children. I have two in England and three here. Uh, <laughs> <that>. <laughs> Amazing. And so how, how are you, I mean, you live in Vancouver where I, where I live and how are you, how are you finding it? Was, was Canada the, place that you thought it was okay so uh 
I really feel like this is home, despite of all the challenges that we we really had to face and we're still facing. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so we are still on a, our journey uh, in settling down uh, and so on, and being alone, like no family, and and so on. Um, it, it, it is really testing. Like I am. Somehow, I just don't want to. I'm very stubborn, as you can tell by now. But um, so, so, so I'm stubbornly believing that this is the place where where I need to be. My mm-hmm. husband is kind of like up and down because yes. he's more on a. He, he says he's more on a reality side of things. <laughs> uh, but we can see it, it works. It just somehow at the end of the the day we just feel like this is really the right place to be mm-hmm. um and i think meeting me uh, meeting the clients that i have and hearing them say to me all the time like where have you been why weren't you here a few years ago i have clients that they've been struggling for 25 30 years mm. um and they've been in and out of therapy and so on yeah. So, okay, so I, I love your story, and I can't wait to read your book or, or make it into a movie with some of the people that we work with, but um, we're going to go to a commercial break, and then when we come back, let's let's start to talk about what you work with people, how you work with people, and how you can help and maybe give some advice. So, everybody, we'll be right back in just a couple minutes with Christina Marshall. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. If you're an influencer, you don't follow the trends. 
You sent them. Voice America influencers are involved in creating change in personal and professional lives, collaborating and driving value to make our lives better. We have world-renowned thought leaders, speakers, authors, entrepreneurs, artists, and some of the most influential voices today. Listen in today to what they have to say. Engage in the conversation. The Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Answer the call. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. We're talking to Christina Marshall. She's an amazing lady, mother, and practitioner in eating disorders. Sorry, I can't say the word practitioner more than 42 times in a row, I guess. <laughs> um, so... Thank you so much for sharing uh, a, a small sample of your incredible uh, life journey with us. Now I want to talk about, for anyone listening that might be struggling with an eating disorder or knows someone that could be struggling with an eating disorder, kind of what advice we can try and give them. Um, so can you just tell me, is an eating disorder a choice? No. Okay. So why is there a stigma? Of, like People are like, oh, you can choose to be or not to be. It's like you, you know what I mean? Can you, can you explain the thought behind that from people or what you've learned? I think that the, the, the thought behind is because you are kind of choosing to, to feed yourself and you are choosing to not to feed yourself Mm -hmm. or choosing to whatever you buy and you can choose to sit down and eat that whole thing that is in front of you or not. And I think that, that creates this idea that is all about willpower. I don't believe in willpower, but it, it creates this idea that you can just say, just no, it's as simple as that. Or, or you can just say like, yes, I, I'm going to eat. Mm. And I, but so I don't believe it's a choice, but I do believe that once you are kind of like aware of it and, 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 and you recognize, which is really hard, especially in in, in the case of uh, anorexia. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very hard to actually know that you have it. Yeah, because it becomes just like so normal, and you have this idea that this is what you kind of like deserve. Yes. That that is like you know, if it's what I deserve, then why would I go out and want to change this? Like, yeah. like, like it just makes no sense. But I do do believe that once there is some kind of like a either light bulb moment or you really recognize it that this is something that is out of your power and you are no longer in control and you thought you were, but you are actually not, then you have the choice what to do with that information, whether you seek for help or not. So I believe in, in, in that, but not that you are choosing to become sick. Uh, and so that's why I, I, I'm a little bit, I get quite hot and bothered with the media and how we use media to explain eating disorder. Because there are so many uh, people out there that they are affected uh, by the eating disorder, but they don't follow celebrities or it's nothing about look. Mm-hmm. There are people like I, I, I grew up with, with uh, having no TV and I had TV like very late in my, 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 my young uh, teenage years. But 
But even then, I was not allowed to watch it. So I had, I never read magazines. Yeah. Like, and I was always skinny. I, w- I was called uh, Bones. That was my mi- nickname. So it was like, so it was clearly everybody was actually shocked. Like, why would she have a, I don't know, yeah. like, yeah. you see, so it's not that black and white. Yeah. But I think presenting it as black and white, it gives us some kind of a, a feeling of, uh, you know, like certainty that, okay, so this is how simple it is. You just choose to have this. And that's okay. right. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so then uh, you, you said earlier that you felt, what, what did you say? You felt that like you didn't deserve food. So what, what in your life then, if it wasn't to be skinny and to look like celebrities and because of social media, what was it in your life that put food on a pedestal that you, when you wanted to punish yourself, that was how you did it. Cause there's other outlets for punishment. Like there are people that are cutters and, and okay. you know, people that turn to alcohol. So, so why was food at that place where you punished yourself with food? Okay. So in my case, I've done all that as well. Mm. The cutting and uh, everything. Yeah. Um, so I was like nine years old when I stabbed myself for the first time in my stomach. Uh, but again, I did it for the pain. Yes, I, again, I, I, it was nothing about like a, uh, anything more than just I deserve. And I think I chose to go with this idea, this belief in my head that I don't deserve to eat because I, if I see, analyze it now, because it's something that is just so maybe cruel and I, 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 had, I, I had to have that. I don't know. Yeah. Like I, 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 it had to be something very painful because it is painful. Mm. It, it is actually very painful, whether you over it or under it, or it is physically painful. And when I was told that, like, like, why don't I stop this silliness? Can't I see how my parents and people around me struggle? And nobody actually asked, like, well, why, why are you hurting yourself? Or how does it feel? I mean, is it that, because if we all had times when we went hungry because of whatever, and we know how it feels, and mm-hmm. I had that twenty four seven, and the and in such a big magnitude, like like it's it's, and I think it's maybe that part of it that is just so goes against life. Yeah, but you're almost punishing yourself for the fact that that you feel that you don't deserve life. It's it's a very double thing yeah (laughs) one and then another on top of it kind of thing Mm -hmm. well I mean that's why mental health is so such a like no matter how long we've studied mental health for Mm -hmm. I I don't think anybody really ever will have the answers because the brain is such a complex thing and it you Mm -hmm. get torn in so many different directions Mm -hmm. um so uh, yeah when you were just saying about how painful it was not eating I remember Adrian Brody the actor um he did a movie about the holocaust and he starved himself and lost a ton of weight. And he already wasn't a large person. He was already quite small. And and he starved himself. And he said that was the most painful thing he'd ever experienced in his life was starving. Because it took such a psychological toll. He said it took him a year and a half of counseling after playing this Holocaust survivor just to get his mind back to eating properly. Because it, it really, I mean, you think of someone that went into it is, okay, I'm going to make this movie and I'm going to get myself into the part and I'm going to do method acting and and make myself lose the weight so I look the part as well but then he it, it's changed him psychologically so it, it really is it's such a and that's why I love talking to people like you because you've had such a vast array of life experiences and are now giving back to to as many people as you can which is just it's so lovely because some people go through horrible things in their life 
and they don't do lovely things with it to help others. And, and some do. And it's just, that's one of the things I can't wrap my head around. I mean, my mom went through a lot of horrible stuff when she was growing up and, and all she does is volunteer 24 hours a day with victim services and, and at the hospital and things like that. And so it's always, it's always interesting for me to see the people that have gone through some of the greatest amounts of pain and have been able to channel that into, into helping others. And then there's some that are never able to do that and they continue to struggle. And it's, it's, uh, I wish I could solve the answer to that because I'd love to take away the pain from, from horrible things from people. Um, so let's go. I know you, you wrote on your website, 13 facts about eating disorders. And I pulled a couple of them out that, um, I was just kind of, I, I think a lot of people don't know. Uh, the very biggest one I thought was that you wrote was men can develop eating disorders too. And I think a lot of people see it as a female thing and, but it's starting to change now. I mean, you look at the Batman and Robin that originally came out, Adam West and Burt Ward, like 40 years ago, they were skinny and their clothes hung off of them. And they were just, it was, there was nothing about the body. And then you look at the Christian Bale Batman and the Ben Affleck Batman, and they've got 47 abs, which are literally impossible to have because that's the ideal of a man. And I think so many people focus on how women are being pushed to be a Kim Kardashian or to be a, you know what I mean? And I don't think it's, I don't think there's a huge focus on men, but I know, I know men in my own personal life. I I dated one that struggled with an eating disorder. And, And so can you tell me about that? Do you, do you notice the difference in the treatment of, men and women so I think it's interesting because when I was back in the years uh, um, hospitalized for the very first time there was a there was a young man there Mm -hmm. and um, and I remember my my mom being shocked Uh like you know what is he doing here and he he had to be resuscitated three times uh, and so on like um, and and uh, yeah I think that there is, because, okay, because the, the, what I see is that when you have men with 45 abs or whatnot, and so on and so forth, we think of it or we portray it as, a, you know, that's healthy and that's trend and that's whatever, but actually you can have an eating disorder when you have 47 abs, in fact, quite likely that you have one. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, it doesn't matter on your size. And I actually, on my website, there is an article saying, like, what have you traded your eating disorder for? Because it does happen. And often those people who struggle with emotional eating, eating disorders, they end up being nutritionists. They end up being personal trainers or anything to do with, like, it still evolves around food and workout and so on and so forth. And I've been there myself during my recovery. Mm-hmm. Like I had to run and I had to do this and so with men I think the problem is that the that because we're focusing on women mm-hmm. it, they wouldn't want to come forward but my very first client uh, well I was volunteering so I but but my very first person that I helped back in England it was was a male mm-hmm. and 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 it was interesting because he was uh, he was a, a minor, and when I approached his parents, they were in denial and they did not want they did not want me to help him. Mm. Wow, that's yeah. Well, I'm that we had a, another young lady on the show that she's a film director and she's African American or black, whatever is political correct these days. And she's an incredible woman. She struggled with depression and anxiety in her life and ended up making. A, a movie called The Black Stigma, and it was because they consider mental health a white disease. So we do have to go to commercial break, but when we come back, I'd really love to know 
because your husband's Korean and you're from Hungary, but you lived in the UK and you also now live in Canada, I just want to know a little bit about cultural stigmas worldwide from, from your perspective of what you're seeing as well. So we'll be back in just a minute with Christina Marshall, everyone. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real. Real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN that's 1-855-866-8336 globalteenwealth.org we're here to get you started on your future have you had a chance to check out voice america's online magazine and blog if you love our hosts and shows check out articles that give an even deeper perspective plus topics about health and fitness movie reviews philosophy business tips and tactics spirituality positive thought current events and even more about your favorite hosts it's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com that's blog.voiceamerica.com the voice america press blog all access all the time the internet's number one talk station number one talk station voiceamerica.com are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I'm here with Christina Marshall, and she was just talking a little bit about, um, well, I had asked her a question to answer after the break, uh, about what the cultural stigmas are from her perspective, because she's lived all over the world, um, from different cultures about eating disorders. Do you do you have thoughts on that? Like, I mean, your husband's Korean, you're from Hungary, you lived in the UK, you now live in Canada, so you must, you must have seen a little bit of a difference on how people are treated, or, or maybe not. Mm-hmm. I think one of the most interesting uh, thing that I experienced was in Korea when I lived there mm-hmm. and how, first of all, like anything around the mental health, it's a taboo. So you don't talk about it. Like nobody has mental health issues there yeah. apparently. Yeah. Uh, just people just medicate themselves with alcohol, which it was a really strange thing for me to see. Like all these, uh, you know, my, my granny's age people in a daylight even women would go and be drunk 
Mm-hmm. So this is very, very, very uh, different. But uh, in terms of like eating and so on, because of that, I think because of the 50s, the war, and they really had n- uh, not much food and so on. Now when, when they just want to feed you. So mm-hmm. say, hello, how are you? They would say, hello, have you eaten? Mm. Like, like that, that, that's how they greet you. And, and there's a very interesting thing going on in terms of like when you are little, literally they spoon feed you mm. um, up until you are like 10, 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, the children, and then they, they would just tell you like you need to eat and, and so on and so forth. And then as you hit the teenage uh, age, especially girls, they are being told and taught how to uh, eat and then make themselves sick. Mm. That they would stay slim. Wow. Uh, and that was something that, like, I was helping um, with English and so on there, and I just ended up counseling my, my students because they would tell me this, like, like we would be in a cafe, because it's very common, you, you study in a cafe, mm-hmm. and, and then we would go there, and they would be really scared to eat, Mm. Or if they eat, eat, they would excuse themselves, come back, and I can just tell. Yeah. That they were, they, and then they, they would, like, I would actually ask. Mm. Uh, and, and, and they would be end up crying, saying, you know, my mama, mama told me that, you know, I can eat whatever I want, but then, mm. then I, must, I, I, I must puke. Wow. And that is really, and so when I asked them, and how about your teeth, or do you have pain, and do you have, and they said, yes, we do. So they have teeth, you know, that teeth will fall out. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they develop ulcer. Mm-hmm. They, they don't talk about it. They mm-hmm. don't go for help because they think this is just part of This is just normal. Yeah. Wow. So, gosh, it's, it's amazing to me how far we've come and how far behind we are as just humanity for, for a lot of things. And I, I'm still, it doesn't matter how many countries I've lived in or how many people I've interviewed or talked to or helped or whatever. And I still, I'm still in utter shock as to why um, we're so afraid to tell each other things. I just don't. Yeah. It's, it's like, we're so afraid of being judged. Reality. Yeah. We're all about reality TV and yet we're afraid of real reality, like the truth. It's, it's just, it's, I don't know, I could literally talk for hours about mm-hmm. it, and I, yeah, it's just amazing. So we only have a couple minutes left, and I wish I could keep you on for 72 episodes, because you're so amazing. Um, but I just want to ask, because this is really important, because there's parents and teachers and, and teens that are listening. If you're a teenager, and you see someone, a friend of yours, that may be struggling with an eating disorder, do you have a piece of advice on what they should do? Or how they can, who they can reach out to, or how they can approach the subject, because it's not an easy thing to ask your friend if they're struggling with. I know my best friend in high school did struggle with an eating disorder, and it was it was years of of her being afraid to talk to me about it, and until we were finally able to just know everything about each other. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, what I find, I I I, have, I hear this question all the time, uh, but uh, what I find is that we all have a relationship with food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if we are really honest to ourselves, we know that sometimes we overeat, sometimes we don't eat or all over the place, or we are called for a party and then we eat more than we think, or I'm, I know I'm full, but I'm still eating. So I think the best way is just to bring up these conversations about you. Just yeah. to say like, you know, like I had this strange thing, like blah, blah, like, you know, I overeat. I do this sometimes. But then I heard, and then you can link it to if you have a connection, like, 
you can refer them to me or, or you know if you have somebody in a community who can help you like link it link that person into the conversation like you know I checked out this person because it's helping with this for those who are like so it's not like I think you have this problem Mm-hmm. because most of them will not know and most of them would feel incredible they already feel ashamed and trying to hide it mm-hmm. and if you just call them out it's really difficult but I think when you are honest about your own experience it just opens up these doors of conversation and vulnerability and they feel that they can share they feel that they or at least they they will listen they don't just close up and like okay I'm not even hearing you I think that what what helps the most but even, but you need to be brave enough because often it's about us, isn't it? Like, why am I not able to say? So you have to put that down. Like, you just have to be like, it's not about me, mm-hmm. about this person. Mm-hmm. So what about a, for a parent? What if you're a parent or a teacher? Um, I mean, those are two two different ways of approaching something, I guess. But if you're if you're a parent and you're, you suspect your child may be struggling with an eating disorder, do you recommend reaching out to a professional like yourself first or what do you think is best? Well, I think it, the parent reaching out to me, not the parent is sending the child to me. Okay. Like, I think it's the parent, like, having a conversation. And that's what I do. Like, if, if there is a child involved or, or a minor or a 20 years old or what, it's, it's I want to see the parents first. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk first with them. It's very important to me to then help the parent how to kind of, so, but every family is different. So I can't just give you like, okay, this is what a parent should say because it's like, I don't know the dynamic of the, it's just like so complex. <laughs> I, I could not. No, I just, I think that's great. And and what I really love about you is you offer your first session for completely free and then you have a sliding scale for people that, um, you know, really can't afford the big, the big money. And, and I know you're considering doing group things and stuff like that. Um, and I, I think that's fantastic. So I just think it's great. So if I'll I'll put the link to your website and everything uh, in the bio for this, so that if somebody does want to reach out for their free consultation with you and talk about whatever is on their mind, they can do that. Is that cool with you? Yes, of course. And I do do online sessions. Nice for those who are comfortable with that. Like I'm available for that. And, and yeah. yeah. Okay, A-Rod, our producer, alluded to this on the last commercial break. But at the end of every show, I ask every guest, guess the one question that throws everybody off. <laughs> you get one minute to answer it. If you could have the entire world sit down, shut up, and listen to something you had to say for one minute, what would it be? What would you say to the entire world? Okay, love yourself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That was cute. Everybody out there listening, uh, we're on, we're, we can actually see each other, so I'm watching her giggle and blush and all this stuff right now, and it's great. One day we'll have to turn this into a TV show, let me tell you, because it's, it's really good to see the facial reactions from people like that. Um, so love yourself. Any advice on how? <laughs> okay, well, that's another conversation. <laughs> we well, have one minute before the end of the show, so if you have one little tidbit of how to love that, yourself <laughs> yeah, so I think to find how to love yourself it, it's nothing to do with the with your environment is it it is within yourself mm. and that is where you need to search and work on to find those tools to love yourself because you want want to and you it, it's a work it, yeah. it, it's an investment in yourself and it doesn't just come naturally so just yeah. work loving yourself um, did I answer your question 
Oh, it's pretty good. Yeah, I, I, my grandparents are, I'm very close with all of my family and, and I've been very blessed to have a great support network in my life. And I, I've asked even my grandparents when they're in their early 90s, because they're in their early 90s now. And I said to them, I said, so what's the secret to self-love and self-esteem and self-worth? And, and they're like, I don't know, we're still figuring that out. And And I don't know if that's scary or comforting. I think it's scary in the fact that you'll always wonder but it's comforting to know that everybody else always wonders too and that's okay because it's part of the journey so I kind of liked that answer from them <laughs> yeah I yeah yeah okay. nice well Christine I think we have to have you back on the show because this has just been too great and I still have 37 pages of notes that I wanted to ask you <laughs> Um, for anyone out there, if you want to reach out to Christina, the information's in the bio. There's also NEDIC, the National Eating Disorders Information Center, if you're in Canada. And you can just Google hotlines and things like that and resource places to go where you can uh, reach out and, and get help. So I hope you've enjoyed this week's uh, show with Christina Marshall. See you again same time, same time, same place next week, everyone. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for being part of Teen Wealth Radio. Please join your host, Brandy England, her guests, and panel of experts again next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an awesome week, and we'll see you here for the next show. Oh, 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 oh